Ladies and gentlemen, this is El Cochino, Tom Lawler, and I'd like to welcome you to the podcast that puts the lotion on its own skin, Lucha World. Bitchin'. gentlemen, or the morning as it may be, straight from Walnut Kills, from the folks who did not bring you Holt Street Wrestling, it is Vandal Drummond, Fredo Esparza, and the children <laughs> across the street, and their dog. Oh, yes. <laughs> we are here to bring you Lucha World, episode number... 117. I like how the timing of that all started exactly like as you were intro- introducing the podcast. It would not be yeah. a proper Lucha World podcast without the noise of a jackhammer somewhere or a train going by. My favorite is like now that I've done other people's podcasts, how much they complain about all, all that stuff. Whereas we just keep going. It's like, let's just keep going. We don't I care. think it adds charm to it. I, I stand by that. Yeah. I've had, a, I've had a couple of people actually say that they kind of find it funny. So why not? Yeah, and it's not, and it's not the entire show either. So it's, exactly. to be fair, it's not. Although if we ever do hear construction workers who are like within a walking site, we should go interview them. Yes, we'll, we'll just include them into the, in the conversation. <laughs> Odds are some of them might be Lucha Libre fans anyway. Who knows? So. And if they're not, it'd be even yeah, funnier, especially yeah. if they're gringos and we say, what do you think about Diamante Azul? And they go, what? Who? What? <laughs> what do you think of Ripper slapping Conan across the face? <laughs> and they're like, what? <laughs> well, man, it has been a long time since. Yeah, you haven't been on a show. show since like, what? August? I maybe? believe so. And that might have been one of the Lucha Classica episodes. It was a Lucha Classica yeah, one. Yeah, so certain. you might have haven't been on since like June, probably. So yes. yeah, let's, let's run down everything you've enjoyed since in the last eight months in Lucha uh, Libre. Anything um, involving, <laughs> well, I sound like a broken record here, but anything involving Junior Dinamitas and Barbro Cavanario. Mm-hmm. And by God, Negro Casas still has it. But uh, other than that, I... And you actually watched Hijo de Vikingo also. I love you, Hijo you, de Vikingo. During your time off, you actually watched that Hijo de Vikingo, I think, Loretto Kid match? Yes. Or like the trios match, I think you watched. You watched a couple, I think. I watched a few matches. Yeah. Oh, oh, that those are the... For me, the revelations are uh, Hijo del Vikingo and Black Taurus. Yeah. I am such a huge Black Taurus. And you fan. saw Black Taurus at the PWG show. Versus so. Darby Allen. Yeah. So. That was an awesome match. Yeah. So I you, really enjoyed that. But uh, I, as you know, we were talking before the show started, uh, 
I, well, I thought I watched the entire uh, January 30, 31st show at, from Arena Mexico. Uh, but he missed one match. I missed one match. But as you're telling me, but you me, still watched the opener. Didn't. You still watched the opener, though. I have to say, okay, this was this was as a helicopter now passes, and I think they're airlifting somebody right here. And Fredo, it's time for you to do your EMT work. Yeah, Fredo's been on the side doing some EMT. Remember, work. remember when Carl Stern used to do the podcast? Oh, from his car. Yeah, from his, he was a police. He was a police officer yes. at that time. And he would just stop, and he would talk about how he was ha- he was at having lunch, doing part of the podcast. I think he would only do part of it because he would actually edit in like a couple of ep- like segments from different places. But usually it was him still like in in his car or like yes. getting lunch. But it was different time periods. And there's one time where he's doing it. I think in the evening, and a meth lab caught fire, <laughs> <laughs> and he is mentioning it. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's yeah. Uh, no, no, it was interesting watching it, and and. I don't know if it's just because I haven't watched, other than watching individual matches, uh, just a little tidbit here and there. I think it's the first time in a long time I've watched an entire CMLL show. Except that one match. Except that one match. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you still have not so watched an entire CMLL I only show. get partial credit. Yes, partial credit. So it credit. reminds me of my high school days, yes. getting partial credit because I was late all the time turning stuff in, if I turned it in at all. But I want to say I enjoyed it, but I have to say it was kind of from the viewpoint of somebody kind of appreciating how an entire show was built, not so much as a hardcore fan or even a casual fan. But I... I, The opening match, yeah, it was a Sponto Jr. and uh, Akuma? Yeah, I think they're a tag team now. Yeah, yeah. They're like trying to be a trio. And what's funny is I like their entrance coming yeah. out in, on bicycles, bicycles. and I I, I I thought that was a kick, and I said, oh, now they're going to start wrestling. <laughs> yes. And then I saw, oh, and it's Robin, you know. And who was his partner? Uh, Arculus. Arculus, yes. Arculus is pretty good, though. He is, he is. Yeah. And I, I do have to say. And Robin, I would say he's not horrible, but it's Robin. It's Robin, yeah. <laughs> and actually, this match, I really enjoyed it. I, would, I w- wouldn't have enjoyed it, say, if it was the third or fourth match. Yeah. But what I did like about it is there are no outside of the ring topes in the whole match. Well, of course not. It's an opening match. Yeah, but I've 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 seen them kind of. Uh, they don't do it in opening matches. It's not supposed to, but they do it like. Yeah, the exactly. They're not supposed to, but. Yeah. And the whole thing from beginning to end, including the entrance, was sixteen minutes. And 16 minutes too long. <laughs> <laughs> no, but everything was executed smoothly. There wasn't all these, like, really just kind of... I don't know. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of empty space in this time. And uh, the other matches were paced similarly. I saw less people just going crazy with a lot of planches and topes all over the place. Let's well, CMLL. They don't really... I Saw a lot. There's a lot of guys that weren't there, like working the show too. That yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. But but uh, the other for I I, I have what, a, what, I have a feeling like they have some guys that aren't working regularly right now just because as the phone rings. Uh, <laughs> We're getting a lot everything, of, including I, I the swear, kitchen sink. Like, yeah. Did you miss us, folks? This is awesome. It's like it 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 was more of a. I think some of the guys aren't working as frequently because of the Fantastic Mania. I guess they they 
those guys get a little bit of a you know some more time a bit off. of a bump yeah. yeah so they kind of they give the guys that are local a little more yeah that didn't get to go they get more focus on although you still have carbonari and a lot of the guys still working regularly oh some awesome yeah. stuff uh, you, well, you, well, was, you, here's the interesting. Honestly, it was more because of the guys they put, like Gilbert and all those guys. They can't do half that stuff now, anyways. <laughs> well, no. Well, yeah. I was gonna say the, the two I did not enjoy seeing in the whole show. Yeah. The only two that kind of left me eh were Gilbert and Diamante Asul. Yeah. You know how there's the whole uh, fad of all the uh, tourists going to the matches. Yeah. Is that? Do you know? Is that like a Friday night thing, or is that? That's. All the the sh- that's all the shit. Okay, is it? but I think they get more on Friday. That's the only difference. They get way more well, on Friday. Because I don't know. I don't know how bad it is for Tuesdays and, and Sundays because I mean those shows look empty a lot. No, because I was wondering if you know, and like you said, a lot of the regular crew isn't there, but they're definitely. Well, no, they're there. The regular crew's already here, but it's like they're still not getting booked. As, right, right. They're just mixing them up. Yeah. Too. So. What I, w- what I was watching was there definitely was a lot less like flying all over the place outside of the ring. That sounds awful. <laughs> no, actually, well, well, okay, as a hardcore fan, I probably wouldn't have liked it. Now, here's the thing, though, is I noticed uh, this crowd, at least this night, and I don't know if it's this way all the time, yeah. but this was an easy crowd. They were popping. Yeah. And I just keep thinking of what Rob Courtney told me about the time uh he and um, uh, Tech Nine and Supreme and Joey Chaos knew Chris Jericho was at an, an incredibly yeah. strange show. Did every high spot in the book, hoping they'd impress him. And Jericho's reaction was, "What was that?" And they said it wasn't good. And Jericho said, "No, it looked great." It's, the thing is, you start a match off with a hip toss, and everybody went crazy. Well, keep doing hip tosses until they get tired of it. Yeah. And so I kind of wondered if they this is, if they this, just felt they didn't have to he, do. Everyone listening, this is like doing a podcast with Jim Cornette. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm, well, there's a difference. I'm not angry about it. Yeah, I'm yeah, 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 yeah. I'm intrigued. And I'm you're, not, you're, you're not, you're not going to like go on a rant and, and disassociate yourself from Dave Meltzer and all these other people. Hell who, no. Who like current wrestling. Um, no, and that drives me crazy. Is is we'll get into that oh, a little more. Uh, by yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But, but 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 no, I I I was intrigued. I was just kind of wondering. But you know, you know. Also, the thing is that. Because the one match I saw, they did a lot of stuff, and that was over on a junior Templario. So, you're you still got a lot of stuff out of that. That was pretty unique. Yeah, they they, and I think that was the difference. Because if you look at who was in like the matches, you're basically the main event was focused on Felino versus Carbonario. And I love that. So that's they're automatically not going to do a lot of like high spots and stuff like that because Felino can't do that stuff anymore. Not that he ever did, like he never was like a no, a, a guy no. who did dives or stuff like that. But you're looking at that. Then you're going with Gilbert. The other match had Gilbert and Diamante Azul, which is, like, awful. Yeah. <laughs> like, why? <laughs> Absolutely. And, yeah. I know. The, the the only cool thing in that match was was uh, seeing uh, Gran Guerrero in Euphoria do that double swastika on yeah, the Chavez brothers. Because the match I saw before the with the with um, Casas and all them, they were doing dives. They, they did dice, but they yeah. weren't doing them. Like, yeah, they weren't doing them. As they weren't. Yeah, th- no, definitely. You know, as little as I've seen. Yeah. I've probably seen less dice on this show than I did yeah. in one match yeah. of what I would watch. Yeah. In, when I was just kind of sampling random tidbits here. Yeah, and then CML, they don't. They they kind of. Yeah, and I might, be, give, and I might yeah. be giving them too much yeah. credit too. Yeah. Uh, 
Because my first thought was, wow, who booked this? They they actually like had people tone stuff down. The smart. Uh, you know, there was this um, Tornel Cibernetico, the Ray del Aire, Aire mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> which is funny because they did it during the Fantastic Mania tour. So you have half the like 18, 20 guys are in Japan. Mm-hmm. So like the guys who you would think were high flyers are all in Japan. Mm-hmm. And they only had like four high flyers in the Ray Del Aire match. Mm-hmm. And you, they always remember before they would have like, if it was 16 guys, half the guys were high flyers, the other half were guys who were just going to catch them. Yes, yeah. yes. So so you kind of already like that. The, the, the Principate in dues of uh, Mexico. Like, the you're, like, like, yeah. you, like you would have Euphoria. Yes. Um, Virus, and you'd be like, those guys don't high fly. Yeah. But they were there to make sure the match worked properly and, and they cost us or something like that. Everybody would be confused by that. Because you can't have all 16 high flyers, although it'd be kind of cool just because it'd be different. And I'm mm-hmm. sure some of those guys nowadays can do it. But it's like, so this time they only had four. And like, maybe like two of them are guys you could say are really, really like high flying. That's yeah. all the, like Templario and um, I think Star Jr. were like the two guys that you could say were really high flyers. And so they had Black Panther on there. And all he did in the entire match was Tope Suicidas. Like he did six oh. Tope <laughs> He did like six topes with. He had to that was the his, load. That was no, but that was his whole thing. Like he did not even like he he did like he might have locked up like right. for a little like a second or something. But every time he would tag in, it was just to tag in and do a tope to somebody who had just been thrown to the outside. Oh my god, fly which was really cool. Fly. It was really cool. It was really cool. But because um, it was you know everybody else like you knew some of those guys couldn't do anything. Yeah, and even when they tried, it was like a tope. Like oh, it's you know this is what yeah, we have yeah, to work. Yes, with. this yeah. is what we have. It's like it's like, but it, I thought it was fun, yeah. but. You know, I, I do wonder if there is this weird uh, kind of like perverse thought in uh, the booking minds of CMLL where they say, okay, let's see how screwy we can make things yeah. and still survive as a company. But, you know. Because even like the feud, like, I mean, Felino Carvernario is kind of like the match they're building up. Mm-hmm. This is the, the feud that you saw in the main event. It's been two weeks that they've been, they start building it up at Niebla's, uh, Mr. Niebla's um, tribute show. They basically broke up Pest Inter- Supposedly mm-hmm. they broke up. There's a, but it's being CML. You know what's going to happen? They'll just probably reunite them again. Like, about like, it. like three weeks later, they'll just reunite again. I think it's a it's a a, a good angle, just storyline based story story based, just because this group was together for like ten years, and I think Carbonara mm-hmm. was part of it for like four or five years. So it tells you how long this group yes. has been together. Breaking it up makes sense, but the problem is because at some point you just can't possibly have the same group over and over again. But it's like. They're doing this, but that's... I swear, <laughs> this is like, my goodness. Who's there? This, this is like... The, 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 it's all confusing me now. So, it's like, so, then, so then you have like... You have Felino, who's never been like a headline guy, honestly. Right. He's been kind of like the third guy in some trios and stuff, mm-hmm. like with Negra and stuff. But it's like, that's your main feud. When you have all these other guys, you should, could, you should start building up. Like Carvernario versus Angel de Oro. That was something they could have done. Yeah. Um, there's younger guys. Hechicero never gets any opportunity. Um, That's all. Titan is barely like, like he's kind of like the, his his opportunities maybe like win the title match. But at this mm-hmm. point in during like at this point in time they gotta start like building up with guys like, you know, Mystico, Titan, Hechicero. You know the next gener Grand Guerrero guys who are like the next generation, the Dinamitas, and they still go back to like, oh we're gonna have to use uh, Felino. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nero Casas, as good as Nero Casas is, I mean, he's he should, getting older. Yeah, he should not be like the focal point of no, like, like no. a feud. Unless it's like a really cool feud, but even then, it's like well, it should be like the second tier type of feud. Well, in fact, I really enjoyed his match because it wasn't like there was any big angle or anything, no. but I, I love how, you know, he pins Stuka Jr. with the casita in the 
uh, first fall, then Stuka yeah. pins him with the same. Point. And then he celebrates. He gets he, st- he gets very upset and yes. starts like he starts crying over it. I thought that was awesome. Costas is just awesome. But it's like it's one of the things where like at some point CML has to start like elevating the younger guys. And yeah, they get they mm-hmm. they've gotten like some of the younger guys don't get the same reaction because people don't like them. But how many times can you headline a show with Volador Jr.? I think that's what kind of like. Oh, killed, it, yeah. It's really killed Volador Jr. just because he's constantly being the main event guy. Well, and that, that's one of the reasons I, I, even I, who am a diehard CMLL fan, I think I stopped watching it just because I felt like I was watching the same yes. exact show. And it still is. Yeah. <laughs> it still is. <laughs> and yet, but the thing is, they're drawing, it seems like. Fridays. Yeah, Fridays. Yeah, Fridays. Well, that's the interesting thing is, is I remember I. And they're not paying anything. Like, yeah, I was going to say. Most of the guys aren't any getting wow. paid, so. Uh, I mean, the guys on the undercard, I hope the guys yeah, on the top the undercard don't get paid. Top <laughs> yeah, guys don't I'm not get, surprised. Top guys don't make, like, they probably do get paid decent. Now, you're, now I, I was listening to the previous podcast that you did, and you were saying how the Tuesday night shows are the ones to watch, if you're going to watch. I said that? You said that tends to be the better night of the week. Probably wasn't. <laughs> I don't watch Tuesday, so I don't have know. You, have you been getting into my stash? I haven't. I haven't. I don't. If I said that, I must have been drunk. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to listen to it again because I might have. I might have been yeah, sober yeah. and misheard what yeah, I said. I don't think I said anything about Tuesday. Yeah, shows. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to spark up the pipe and uh, smoke a joint. And that, listen that's to like it no. So se- that's no secret. I've said for like the past two years, I don't watch Tuesdays or Pueblos. Barely watch Fridays now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's only so much time I could watch just because I write a lot, so it's like... Well, hell, really, yeah, really, I mean, there's only so many yeah. hours in the day, and you know me, I'm not going to spend yeah. time watching a bunch of other wrestling when... Because, uh, like, right now, a lot of the... What I wa- how I watch Lucha now is, like, just watch the matches I like. Like, if there's somebody I like, I watch it. If it's bad, then I regret watching it, but at least, you know, the odds of it being good is just based on the guy who's in it. Right. But it's like, I won't watch opening matches just because it's... You, I mean, CML opening oh, matches, me. you already know, are bad. Yeah, so believe me, those. this isn't something I'm going to be doing yeah. every week. Triple <laughs> A shows, triple A shows have gotten a lot better, mm-hmm. but there's always a couple of matches in between that I have no interest in watching. Mm-hmm. Like, like if it doesn't have, like, the, the good workers, like Taurus, yeah. um, Hijo de Kingo, Poder del Norte, I will watch Poder del Norte matches, I mean, all the time, just because mm-hmm. they're really good. Um, the main events have gotten a little better just because they have you know they have now they have Roosh and they have the you know Lucha Brothers yes um, Psycho Clown but honestly if they don't if those guys aren't in it odds are the main event's not gonna be that that are entertaining so I mean there's a lot of stuff that I like to watch but at the same time there's a lot of stuff I don't like to watch though so. yes yeah. I hear I, ya I don't know if I watched I don't, I don't know who that it could have been somebody else saying that about watching Tuesday shows Maybe somebody snuck in and and and, and again edited again, that I, in. <laughs> I was I was uh, I was was driving to my uh, bro-in-law's house uh, when I was listening to yeah. it. So I was I was driving there. For it might have skipped. It might have skipped the part where it said "Don't watch," and it, you, it, you, you just heard "Watch the no, no, Tuesday no, shows." I, no, I was uh, no. The fact that I was sober when I was driving, you know, I, I might have misheard you. You know, it's like it's possible. You you remember yeah. the couple of yeah. months back when I because all yeah. I remember from that last show is I talked about two people dying and. And uh, the the psychosis Conan. Th- those were great. And the opening. By I the did, way, the opening I did mention that I have I've, I've only watched, but I was only watching. Mm-hmm. Well, the, you know what I did say was the Tuesday show did have the the Reyes del Aire match, mm-hmm. and there was something else that was on a Tuesday that was good. That was basically it. Right. But, but I wouldn't say that the shows were. Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, and, I don't watch them. <laughs> the focal points of that show, I got to tell you, the Mister Niebla passing, La Parca passing, and. 
then your uh, commentary on uh, the Sakosis and uh, Conan debacle. Uh, very well said. Do you think that's going to happen with Meltzer and Cornette? Do you think Meltzer will go slap Cornette next time he sees <laughs> Or vice versa? It, vice versa, I think Cornette, Cornette, Cornette might. <laughs> yeah, hey, he better watch out, though, because uh, <laughs> if he doesn't have his tennis racket. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. you know, that's what I thought. You know, if you look at that whole thing, it was really just like a guy, act, you know, I mean, I like Conan, but he does talk a lot of shit on Twitter, and no, I agree. You, he picked the wrong person to talk. I agree. One, you know, because you always hear guys say like, "You would like the the whatever they call the computer nerds, the uh, the keyboard, mm-hmm. the keyboard nerds, or whatever they call them," and they're like, they're they're like, "You better, you wouldn't say that to my face," and you know, the, obviously they wouldn't, but then like Conan did this to this one guy who told him, you know, "I'll see you soon." And it happened. Yeah. 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 Pick your battles wisely. Yeah. Pick your battles wisely. No, I I, seriously, I thought you you uh, looked at both sides of the issue very, very well and just. Whose side were you on? Neither. (laughs) Neither. I don't think either side was right. I mean. No. Yeah. I think. I think. It's stupid. It's like like Conan. Conan sounds like he was shit talking this guy. And uh, sounds like Psychosis is this hothead who you shouldn't. Like who twice about to me? To me, who cares? Like, he already knows. He already knows Conan doesn't like him. Mm -hmm. So what? What are you gonna get out of it? Like to me, it was like it was so stupid. It was pointless. He already knows Conan. What he got out of it was like he wanted to get more bookings and you know indie bookings or whatever he was gonna get. You know, because that's what everybody does. Get yourself a little bit of fame. You get some extra bookings. You might lose some, but you end up getting some from people who don't like, Absolutely. who can't get Conan. You know, like the guy who threw the 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 cinder block at that guy. He got a lot of bookings afterwards. That is, yeah. Yeah. So so then this guy this guy got bookings because he slapped Conan. So to me that's that. And then like to me with Conan, it's like I mean why. Why talk? Why bring it? Like, who cares? Oh, and and wrestlers have done this for ages. I, I but the first thing I think of is the famous uh, when Randy Savage was with uh, ICW and uh, went with Pez Watley and who, I can't remember who the third guy was to confront Bill Dundee, mm-hmm. who was with Jarrett. It wasn't Rip Rogers, was it? It wasn't Rip Rogers. Yeah. Definitely wasn't it. I don't picture Rip Rogers doing yeah. something so staunchly unprofessional. I remember there was somebody. Yeah, and I do remember there was a third guy. I can't remember if it was Lanny Poffo or not. Might have been. Oh no! It might have been his dad. It might have Angelo. I, you know, I, we'll have to look it up an, at another time. Well, there, I think Cornette told the story. Yeah, and yeah. it's so funny because I've heard so many yeah. different versions of that story. Uh, yeah. First version I ever heard of was actually from Cornette's good friend Norm Dooley. Like, and they made it sound like like Savage was going to beat him up. Wasn't it the first original version? Yeah, the original version I heard was uh, the people that were accompanying Savage thought that they were just gonna like try to intimidate him and that Dundee Dundee yes and that out of nowhere uh, Savage just popped him you know and uh, I get I and this according to this very first version I heard was uh, that Pez Watley freaked out because (laughs) he, he didn't expect that to happen he thought they were just gonna like you know just beat their chests yeah you know and just scare him and uh, I had heard that Dundee went for like a gun in his car which I think I would have done also if I had a gun and three people yeah. <laughs> assaulting me uh, but you know you, you hear this stuff going way back like which world champion was it in the 30s Ray, I think it was Ray Steele 
another wrestler um, assaulted him like on the street in downtown LA. Damn. And the way they wrote it up, or the way it's been written up in history, was he beat the hell out of Ray Steel, but no, he, I think it's something like he sucker punched him and yeah, they just stopped. Yeah, yeah. And didn't yeah. do more than <laughs> annoy him. Of course, it's yeah. wrestling. They always make it. Over, that's the other thing. People bullshit in yeah. wrestling, and I think that's why we heard so many. Well, that's that was that was what was so funny about the whole um, Ripper Conan thing because everybody saw what happened, and then these two guys are talking about it. Like, first of all, you had Ripper saying that he was very anti-violence. I'm like, dude, <laughs> you fucking slapped him, and you look like you showed up. He was jacked. I saw like, that. He was jacked. I saw that. And then, and then Conan's version was that if if those two other guys weren't around, he would have punched them back. And I'm like, dude, you're not in any condition. Like, no. there, you're in no condition to take on that guy. And that dude, we met. We met Ripper. Mm-hmm. Remember, we met him in yes. L.A. And oh, that yeah. dude did not look... And we talked to Superboy. We talked to other people. And they were like, you do not want to mess with that guy. He's exactly. Not, he's not somebody you want to mess with. So I just thought it was dumb because, I mean, the way it came up was like Ripper was asked about why he wasn't in AAA, on AAA's, um shows, TV shows. And he mentioned the whole Conan thing. But the way it just... He, somebody linked the podcast or something the interview or something and then Conan had to seek it out to like to like just call like I guess Conan did a vanity search or something on Twitter Mm -hmm. because they didn't even tag Conan on that I don't think they they might have tagged they might have tagged him Mm -hmm. knowing people trying to um, stir shit up they probably tagged him and he just responded to it he's like I don't see you anywhere else you're not in CMLL you're not in in Nacion you're not in any Mm -hmm. other place and it's like dude why did you have to do that I know (laughs) yeah so that just that was just one of those weird stories that happened. It's like, what was the whole point? Very strange, and it, it is interesting in this day and age when something like that goes down. It's well, from what you said, it sounds like they Ripper's uh, pals intentionally videotaped. Yeah, it. yeah. Uh, where in the past, before uh, you know, you'd have a video camera, let alone a camera at all. Well, if, you, if there was a camera, you knew it worked. Exactly. I mean, let's be yeah, honest. Exactly. Because because you if you watched old ECW, they always did that. Like yes. they would do confrontations like in hotels or something. And if there's a camera, you know it's a work. Yes. It's like you already knew it's a work. Even like in like like old days when oh let's show you the there's a wild brawl backstage and it's like oh you already know it's a work. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so it, 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 no anything involving like even like that whole Andy Kaufman stuff with Jerry Lawler. You knew it was work when they did that whole thing in Letterman. Remember? Actually, right? a lot of people thought yeah. it was legit. Yeah, that's why I said. Yeah. But you still knew it was a work. Like. I, now, now you kind of have to. Yeah, like, I mean, I knew it was, you know, I mean, we pretty much knew it was a work. But I remember, you know, the first thing that clued us in, you know, who didn't have even a VCR in 82. Yeah. Is just looking, uh, I think, it, I can't remember if it was Newsweek or Time, but they had uh, a photo of uh, pile drive, uh, Lawler pile driving Kaufman. Yeah. And you could see Kaufman going up for it. You yeah. Know? And so, you know, even if you had any question, you'd know right away. You know, it's weird because back then, like, because mm-hmm. a lot of those guys that watched that are now the smart fans. Yeah. And like, but they were fooled back then. You got fooled a lot a back lot then. A lot of people got But it's like that. now, like, a lot of that stuff, if they did it now, I mean, would we get fooled by it? Like, would we get fooled? Like, if let's say they get this sort of thing happened in like now, 2020, would we get fooled that, oh, yeah, it's it's real or whatever. We wouldn't. We wouldn't. We would be you like, know, oh come I on. Was, if <laughs> I was going to try to pull something yeah. like that, like if I was, you couldn't have the match first of all. You wouldn't have the match, and two, I would have somebody like hard hardway me in a way that would yeah. not look like a work punch. Yeah, and I wouldn't sell it by 
flying backwards. I just kind of slumped down yeah. to make it look like it was. There's certain things you could still do. Like, you could have, like, okay, if you have the match, there's a way you could work it where, yeah, like you said, you just, you don't sell it the same way. If you get punched, you fall down, and that's it. You're not going to, oh, let me fall through the, through the ropes and, and dangle there or whatever. Exactly, exactly. And, but you're going to have to do it in a certain way where it looks, like, legitimately real. And then, like, when you do the appearance on, let's say, um, Colbert or Jimmy Kimmel mm-hmm. or whatever show it is, Fallon, you're going to have to, like, continue it that way. I still think we'd still be like, oh, it's, it's work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Twitter would be nonstop with it being a work. <laughs> So, Kurt, you actually had a Hall of Fame vote, and I was going to bring this up. Yes. Because it got brought up. I was listening to the podcast, the 605 Super Podcast, and you were a guest on there. And for whatever reason, Brian Last, who is pretty much like Cornette, doesn't like this individual wrestler. And you actually voted Kenny Omega for the... He was one of the... He was on your ballot, right? Yes. Kenny Omega? Yes. Yeah, so... Um, is this, is this the end of your friendship with Jim Cornette? <laughs> you, have well, no, you have no friendship with him. I, I, yeah, I'm not friends yeah. with him, and I only met him once. Don't you think that is like the dumbest thing, like to break up a friendship? I don't. And honestly, how much of a friendship is it with Corn- Cornette and Meltzer? I mean, it's more of an acquaintance, honestly. They used to be really good friends. They were really good friends, but that is a long time. Yeah, ago, I do believe. Yeah, so because it's like to me. Like, we don't like a lot of... Like, you You come from, like, incredibly strange wrestling. I mean, I know you're going to like weird wrestling. You're going to like wrestlers that are very different to what I like. Well, in the very first year I started watching Wrestling 1, I was watching... Even though I got to see a lot of luchadores, like, yeah. you know, Raul Mata, Ray Mendoza, which was, like, gold standard in L.A. wrestling, uh, there was... L.A. wrestling was very different than, say, Florida yeah. or Northwest. It was very kitschy. It was, you know... Uh, yeah, like Freddie Blassie filing his yeah. teeth on I think, TV. I think that's the only. Know? I think that's also the other thing. Like, I think we we realize, and maybe that's where. Ma- I mean, to be fair, Cornette followed Memphis. Memphis is very yeah nuts. And I also have to say, it was the very first year I was watching wrestling when I got turned on to Titanis and El Rey. Yeah. So then, like, even though we might not like certain wrestlers the same way, we still have that connection where we still kind of like it. Kind of intersects a lot of the stuff. We like. I like lucha. You like lucha. Mm-hmm. Um, we like some of the weirder characters in pro wrestling, but it's like, I don't think, like, Kenny Omega, you liking Kenny Omega and me, I don't actually dislike him, I actually think he's good, but it's like, mm-hmm. I don't, it's it's not like I'm going to go out of my way to watch him, compared to like, and I actually, not, yeah. that's not even true, because I did think he did really well in um, AAA, the last two matches that he's had with... Um, Phoenix and um, Dragon I, Lee. I have to be honest. So, I do search him on yeah. YouTube now because so I, I think he's a great. Yeah, wrestler. so it's it's a very different thing. Like I think my thing when you when you said you voted him for the Hall of Fame. First mm-hmm. of all, my my initial reaction was just me laughing because you brought it up on that show mm-hmm. where not only does it's not just Brian and Cornette that dislike him, but it kind of feels like a lot of the people that follow those two guys kind of parrot. Their um, I was their, just about their um, their likes and dislikes in pro wrestling. I have to be honest, bluntly honest, and uh, uh, apologies to my friends in six hundred five who you do not like Kenny Omega. <laughs> <laughs> this is where you reveal. No, 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 no. This what what I'm gonna say. <laughs> this is, is where you say that all the stuff you really don't. <laughs> if they don't like Kenny Omega, well, one, I think a lot of them are parroting uh, what Jim and Brian say. Uh and if they don't like him, that's cool. But this is what I want to say. 
I hear some of them saying he's a terrible wrestler, which is not true. I'm I, is ignorant, so yeah. ignorant. He's just he's, different. He's, he's a different, different type. But and there's thousands. Every wrestler, you should try to be different. His his facial expressions alone are. Well, I, I, I'm not a big fan of his facial expressions. Oh, I think I that's I, I think that's the separate. You know, you know what I like about his facial expressions is one. It's too comedy for me. Well, they're so over the top, but yeah, over they the are top. always there. Yeah, he never. But I think that's just his personality. So it's like yeah, I don't, I don't I, get why people get worked up about it. It's like who cares? It's like, let, well, and and I think he's smart also because who else does facial expressions the way he does? Yeah, yeah. And so I think, he sticks out. And I think that's where. Uh, and then Cornette, the thing that he doesn't like is like the, his past. Kenny Omega wrestling the the little kid, the little girl, and, and wrestling and a blow up doll. Blow up doll, which I like the blow up doll. <laughs> I, I I give perks to that. I I would. That's yeah. another reason. That's one of the reasons I voted him into Look, the Hall of Fame. If you told me, would I rather watch the blow up doll wrestle um, Kenny Omega or anybody Kota Ibushi or anybody that's in DDT? Would I rather watch that or would I rather watch Steber, the main man, Charlie Rockstar? <laughs> And the Chris Russell Trios matches in CML. I will watch the Blow Up Doll versus anyone. I will watch the Blow Up Doll against you. You and I are in agreement here, one hundred percent. You know, so it's not. It's like to me, it's like you know. I I don't know. It's it's so. And I get yes. There's certain things in wrestling where you people start thinking that's what's killing the business, but it really isn't. Like none of that stuff. Like it isn't the whole comedy stuff. Like a, a, a reporter winning a, a, a title. You know, one of those silly titles, twenty four seven title, whatever they're, they're, they are, uh, a blow up doll, uh, all this stuff. There's something for everyone. The problem I have for myself is that I don't think there's a promotion that gives me like everything I want, and I don't. Th- and that's, but I think every, I think everybody gets that anyways. Like I think all of us have that one. We don't have a promotion that gives us everything we want. And no, you know what? And and something that I do have to say is even when I was watching wrestling as a child every week, like not missing a show. And if there was a TV show that had something from another region, I was there to watch it. You still didn't get everything. Yes, exactly. Like I didn't, I watched every episode of Mid-South Wrestling. Like let's say if I watched Mm -hmm. every episode of Mid-South Wrestling, odds are, I didn't want to watch Kamala wrestle. (laughs) You know, unless it was a squash squash match that was like two minutes. Maybe I didn't want to see junkyard dog working out you know <laughs> yes. i didn't want to see yes. butch reed lifting weights and and dancing to work the that body or whatever the fuck it was called to uh, music videos yes. which which might have looked cool because wrestling didn't have many music videos before that but the fabulous ones videos <laughs> oh the ones that west hollywood yes. would uh yeah, the, love the, yeah. the ones where when you're a kid you're thinking man these guys must be cool look at how cut they are look at how jacked and then like maybe like a couple of days later, you're thinking, you know, this might not be this my cup of tea. <laughs> cup of tea you know, <laughs> well, it's so funny because I remember, I remember uh, when those fabulous one videos first started airing. I believe it was '84, and I remember getting tape from somebody and seeing them, and I'm saying, wow, if you put these on at a bar in West Hollywood, man, <laughs> there'd be a lot cool. of people there. <laughs> but if I told somebody from a region other than like New York or California. Oh, yeah. They'd it's like, like, we don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And I will not name names, but some of those people today says, oh, yeah, I knew back then it looked gay. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, because they took it seriously. That's the thing. Like they thought they thought it was yeah. like, oh, it's to get the women, and it's like, uh, I don't think it's gonna get. No, in Memphis it probably yeah. did at the time. Yeah, at the time, yeah. It so it's did, like but... I mean, even like in Lucha, like they have the exoticos, and I like the exoticos, the good ones. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of them that aren't really good, and then there's a lot of them that do a lot of repetitive stuff that gets kind of old. Yes. You know, so but it's not yeah, for, it's, for every Pimpinela. There's you but know, it's not their fault. I mean, it's that they're on so often, yeah. and it's like yeah. you're gonna get tired of it the act wears on you after a while. Whereas if you're somebody who just got new into it, you're like, oh, this is amazing. And then like, you could still last a little longer watching it. Well, that's one of the reasons I really dug that period of uh, the 90s when uh, Raina, Mayflowers, and Bimpy got pushed is because they added more than just the comedy that Bayo Greco and Sergio El Hermoso yeah. did. I liked Greco and Hermoso, but it was all comedy. And plus, they made it look like if you're gay, you're a pussy. Yeah. Pimpy and uh, Raina and Flowers made it look like we're gay and we're badass. And then the other thing was that um, they were more high flying, also. Yes, it was. It was yes. a transition to the more high flying style in the in the nineties. Yes. So, so are you? Are you? In, are you going to ask Meltzer if you can now be his best friend? <laughs> now that Cornet. Now that Cornet is. I'm going to call him up, and when he answers the phone, you should be like, you should be like, Dave, Dave. I can't believe you like Kenny Omega. I'm not going to speak to yes, you any yes, yes. further. I want to go back to the old days of Dave. wrestling when in Mem- Memphis, when they had the San Diego chicken dropkick people. <laughs> and when, well, when Jim Cornette, there was a match where he wrestled Jimmy Hart and he came in like wearing like a baseball helmet yeah. and all this padding and stuff. And man, wrestling is campy. And you know, yeah, I know that's what, that's what I was trying to explain to me. It was like, it's like it's never been taken. Like, why do you guys like? Because like even like the like the, I, I, earlier today on Twitter, people were like, "Oh, the lucha! Li- I don't get the lucha style. It's not realistic. It's not. It, it's it's. How can anybody fall for that? It's not realistic." And Meltzer's trying to defend it. It's like it's like just not. I mean, wrestling isn't for the most part. None of it is realistic. None of if it you is- believe it. I think people are looking through the past with rose-colored glasses. Yeah. Now there are some Georgia a lot more full episodes of Georgia Championship Wrestling on YouTube. Yeah. I dare somebody to watch full episodes. Not just the highlights when you see Bruiser Brody and Stan Hansen yeah. come out there. Uh, there were, I watched a lot. Yeah, there were some really yeah, good, jo- good jobbers ones. like George South, Mike, Dale Vesey, Mike Jackson. Mike Jackson. Yeah. But there were some bad jobbers yeah. too. There's and, and, somebody posted a clip of Hogan wrestling in WWE, like his early run mm-hmm. with with Black. I saw that. I Did saw you see that? that. And the guy, he was he would give him a clothesline or like punch him, and the guy's supposed to bounce off the ropes, but he just kept falling through the ropes. Yes, yes. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. Uh, there was one. I don't know if if this is. I remember seeing this on like 15. I don't know if, if all the tapings were on WWE classics or not. I, you know, I still haven't seen any WWE. The network. Network, but. I they remember, stopped uploading a lot of stuff. Yeah, because I remember there was a match with Kevin Sullivan when he was a rookie, and he threw, I think it was Steve King, who was a you know jobber in WWF back when it was WWF. You know, and well, he throws him into the ropes, uh-huh. and the guy just fell right through the ropes, and uh, Vince McMahon sold it like, oh my God, look at the force that Kevin and Sullivan, even as a 13-year-old, I said... Oh, that poor clumsy guy fell on his ass. Why was Antonio Antonino Roca the the the, the, the other announcer? My hunch is Vince had a soft spot for him, yeah. and the reason I say that is because He's horrible. You <laughs> might have been. He is without question oh, the worst. The one commentator I'll never forget. Ever. The one I'll never forget is Crusher Blackwell. Uh, 
was wrestling in uh, WWF. Yes, and then um, yeah, Vince McMahon says, and here is Crusher Blackwell. They say he used to be a preacher in Stone Mountain, Georgia. I wonder what he preached, Antonino. Well, it'd probably be the Bible, Vince. <laughs> <laughs> my my favorite. This is my favorite. I uh, saw this. Uh, Vince is. It's. I think it's the fa- the last match on the show, and and Vince is like. Antonino, what do you think of this match? It's a very, very good match. Uh, Vince, do you mind if I take off my shoes? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I'll tell you why they yeah. used him. One, he was awesome. I, I, you know, he was bad. Yeah, but he so bad is good. Yes, it's hilarious. But, and I'll tell you why they used him is uh, when the doc, when, when Doctor Jerry Graham went to New York. Remember when he did that one Tuesday night Titan appearance mm-hmm. in '85? I don't think he had made an appearance at Madison Square Garden in like a good 20 years. Wow. And uh, when he was in public, people still remembered him. So they remembered Rock. If they remembered Dr. Jerry Graham, they were definitely going to remember Rock. Yeah. There's something, I mean, people had a great memory for wrestlers of the past. Not all the wrestlers of the past, but yeah. the people on top. And Rocket was huge. And plus, I remember Rocket died in '77, and then oh, he uh, died in '77. Oh my goodness, forty-nine years old. Damn. They. Because I think I'm on like seventy-six, so I guess I'm done listening to Rocket. Yeah, that's about it. Who's, that's who about takes it. over after he does? He he passes away. Don't remember. I don't remember. Uh, I guess I'll figure it out when I get to. Because 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 when I watched it back then, it was only. It's like one of the UHF stations yeah. would There's, air it, and it would be on for three months, and then w, you wouldn't see WWF. It's TV. very sporadic. The, the the tape, the shows they have on WWE yeah. Network, very sporadic. This is the All Star Wrestling, I think, is what it was. Right? Yeah, WWF, WWF's All Star Wrestling. But um, Rock Rock is hilarious because it's like I don't think he's even like like I I almost imagine him like just not like getting like drinks and stuff, and and Vince calling the match, and Rock is probably like talking to people and stuff, and like like Vince will be like. Antonino, what do you think of this match? Oh, it's a blah, 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 blah. It's like, it's like, I'm going to take off my shoes now. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, no, Rocca was huge yeah. in the Northeast. And, uh, you know, he even, you know, he, had, he, he was a little overconfident. I guess he had a beef with Vince Sr. and tried to promote in the Northeast himself. Oh, wow. And I think probably lost all his money doing that. But one, they still knew... Uh, his value and when uh, they started uh, running uh, WWF TV in 83 here in LA I remember in one episode they uh, showed a match where he was doing the commentating and before he commentated he got in the ring and they showed him actually throwing off his shoes that was something he did I guess, <laughs> oh, I guess it must have, yeah it must have been something he did also. so um, and then I remember after they showed that you know little blast from the past Vince Jr. actually looked like he was almost going to shed a tear. Yeah, I mean, because he we was. Miss him. Yeah, so he's been there I with him. I think he had a soft yeah, spot for I imagine Rocket. he did, yeah. As he did Blassie. But it's like, know. to me, the whole thing about the whole realistic and. I mean, it's so silly. Like, it is the, silly. The argument over that it's stuff. It's totally silly. Yeah. You like what you like. Yeah, I mean, you know? we all grew up liking something completely different. Um, sometimes you kind of like don't like. Like, I, I, I've known people who don't like Lucha at all, and it's like. It's fine. It's not like I'm exactly. going to stop talking to them or anything. That's basically my main thing that I like. But that doesn't mean I can't find something else that I enjoy. Well, I watch a lot of Japanese wrestling, well, too. Well, I was going to say, anybody who bitches and moans in this day and age, 
In fact, people bitch and moan, I think, more than I oh, remember yes. them in the past. Yeah. Um, They've always bitched and moan, but I think now because it's on, on the, well, the internet. Maybe if we didn't have the internet, we would... Well, the only would, people yeah. who bitched and moaned when I was like 19 or 20 was... Um, well, I started, well I'll, I'll be full disclosure. I bitched and moaned about the repetitiveness of WWF. You know, I, people, well, to be fair, WWF in the 70s was really boring. It was well. This was, was real, this was in the eighties, like yeah. when they kept re, reigniting the John Studd Andre feud. Yeah. But you know what? Yeah, that drove me crazy. But you know what? It still did business. I yeah. I was a I was a young fan, and I took it way too seriously. And I think that's what people are doing today. The only thing is, you have your choice of anything to watch now. Back then. You had your choice of what was on TV. Yeah, yeah. Nothing else. And now it's like you could, if you want to watch, you're a fan of some specific wrestler. You could download, you could stream it online. You pay your your iPay-per-view, whatever it is now. Uh, or you go on WWE Network. You can watch whatever you want on there. You watch on TV still, um, AEW, WWF, mm-hmm. or you can watch, you know, on YouTube. YouTube's practically had has everything You've on there. You've got, if... You only like classic wrestling. There's tons of stuff yeah. for you to watch. Yeah, because you got WWE Network and YouTube yeah. with all that and stuff. Yeah, and present day wrestling, anything. Yeah, almost anything. Yeah, and uh, and when I first started to get to know wrestlers, you know what the veteran wrestlers and this is like around eighty two, eighty three. You know what veteran wrestlers complained about the most? Too much wrestling on TV. No, that that the young, <laughs> that was the, young, like... the young guys are killing the business. And they still, that's, the, that's what they talk about. They do too much comedy. <laughs> yes, and they still talk about, yeah. like, then the young guys are killing the business. And I lay odds when those veterans that I talked to when I was 20, 21, when they were young, they were probably shrugging and shaking their heads at the old guys in the business then. Yeah. You know, I remember I, I remember reading an interview with Strangler Lewis complaining about how wrestling has gotten too violent in the 30s, you know, so it's like... You know, I was watching this interview with Blue Panther, and he was talking about how... Um, he They asked him what he thought about the changes in wrestling and all that, mm-hmm. the evolution and all that. And he was one of the first people that made it. The, 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 he, he made the comment that the one thing he doesn't like about current wrestling, mm-hmm. it's actually not current wrestling. He's like, he doesn't like the fact that wrestlers, and he's like, it's not just the young guys. There's a lot of wrestlers, guys who've been around for a while, mm-hmm. who don't know the history of professional wrestling. Amen. He I'm said, with He them said, on there that. are guys, he's like, they will like to trash like the media and stuff like that but i bet he's like i bet you there's people who are cover who are like reporters who are fans who probably know more about our history than 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 the guys that are spot getting into the on. business spot on and, and he was just like cuz he was talking about they asked him about how they were talking about how how wrestling has evolved and he's like you know can you lucha libre how lucha libre mm-hmm. has evolved he's like you know a lot of people think what i do is like the maestro style is like the mm-hmm. original style he's like my style isn't even like the old style he's like the original style was just guys tossing each other around the ring. It's like that's the first lucha libre style. Yeah, it's like guys just grabbing each other and tossing each other across the ring. Then came a second style, and he taught. He started talking about the. He explained all the styles. It's a really interesting oh, interview. Yeah, I'd love to. So then he's like, then the, he said the third style is like when the maestros, you know, the mm-hmm. whatever you're calling the whatever we're doing now. That's what it was back then. The the technical, the mat based style. Then came high flying, and then. Obviously, then came the the Toreo style, and then, like now it's way crazier with all the, you know, the dives and stuff like that. But he's like, he's like everybody gets that all wrong. He's like, they 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 they're very confused with what the how it all started. And he, he was like, but you know, people don't really like they don't take the time to learn. They don't. They don't. The and style. you know that that's the funny part is how passionate people are. But when you talk about history, they're like, yeah. oh yeah, I remember 
when wrestling started 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That was back when I first started. Like, the, the old days of wrestling, it's like 1995. Oh, well, I remember. <laughs> in fact, 1995, uh, driving up to Incredibly Strange, so I'm not going to name the guy because he's a very nice guy. I like him a lot. But um, he was, a, he, you know, we, we, were, we were driving up to San Francisco for an Incredibly Strange show. You know, this was somebody who grew up on WWF TV from, you know, I think late 80s. And, you know, he's, he's complaining about how nobody gives the pioneers of the business any kind of credit and stuff like that. And how, you know, the people who paved the way for us, you know, people are forgetting them. And then about maybe an hour later, as we're, you know, going Highway 99, he's mentioning... Um, how a relative is used to have a ranch in Escondido and how they used to uh, oh no 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 the, uh, down towards San Diego and they had avocado groves commercial uh-huh. avocado groves and how he and his uh, cousins would ride horses in them and I said avocado groves huh so you must that must mean Escondido and he goes how did you know and he goes well when Jim Londos retired from wrestling that's uh, what he did with money invested in avocado groves in Escondido and he opened and goes, who? <laughs> I'm going, probably the biggest drawing card of the 1930s. And he just shook his head and shrugged. And I wanted to lean over, open the door, and shove him out into the highway. Did you ask him what, what, what were the Which would have been a dumb thing for me to do since he was driving. Yeah, what, what, what were the pioneers he was referring to? Like Sergeant Sloan. Sergeant Sloan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And the other reason I don't want to mention his name is he's actually he actually not only knows who Jim Londos is today, but knows a lot about him. So I, I want to cut him some slack. But, <laughs> but you still run into that. Is line. this somebody we're gonna like? I've met. Yes. Yeah, yes. Okay. yes. <laughs> that's awesome. A wonderful person. So I, that's why I'm not gonna mention. You know, him. but it's funny because you do get a lot of stuff. Like I always get this. The, the like people will be like, oh, I really like I love learning about the history of lucha libre mm-hmm. and all this stuff, and, and like I am a big fan. Uh, can you tell me more about um, the AAA formation? And it's like, okay, yeah, like that's basically when you think Lucha Libre started, right? <laughs> it's like, it's like because it, 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 they're very like it kind of like there are like you get a lot of people who want to know about current Lucha Libre, and then like maybe Mystico that period, and then you have like the '90s, but then like the '80s, it, people just start disappearing. Like it's like, oh, we don't really want to know about like. Who are these yeah. guys? Like, we don't know about... Well, they do want to know because there's a lot of, like, Hulk Hogan and a lot of guys who were, like, Americans. Oh, God, we're actually, like, tapes of them. were guys who actually yeah. worked in, in Mexico or, you know, Andre the Giant, guys like that. So there's still a little bit of interest in that. But then once you get past 1980, it's like... Like, if you go 70s back, it's like, yeah, there's there's no real interest. And there's a lot of interesting stuff because there's a lot of... Amer- oh, there's a lot of foreigners that actually worked in, in Mexico that were pretty big names... And, you know... They, oh, God, I would... Oh, man, wouldn't you love to be able to get those uh, Toreo shows where people like yeah. Hogan and Backlund and yeah. Patterson... Yeah, that Patterson oh versus uh, Connect, I think, was one of the matches at one point. I would love to yeah. see that. For the title? Backlund versus Connect for his title also? Absolutely. I think I think that's also, like, a lot of people, like, they have this very low opinion of, like, luchadors that, from that time period because they only saw them as they got older. So they don't, they don't view them at that level. Like, you... Like for for whatever reason, like if I say this guy was really good, mm-hmm. like look at Sangre Chicana. It like I always said, like even before video existed, I was telling people Sangre Chicana was really good. Mm-hmm. And it's like you, and even if I had only seen them very limited amount of time, if you just look at what the magazines were saying about them, 
you knew they were good. Like, no. you could tell. Like, you could tell, like, the, the, the magazines will bullshit about certain people. Mm-hmm. And actually, not even true, because Lucha magazines, for whatever reason, if somebody was bad, they would tell you he was bad. Remember? Lucha magazines were light years ahead of any yes. other country. Their wrestling... The one that shocked me the most is when I first... Uh, you know, I've been collecting them since I was a kid, yeah. but I didn't really start reading them until the late 80s. And I remember reading a magazine that was, I think, from... Um, Night or sometime in the 1960s, yeah. And they talked about, uh, I think it was a oh gosh, I might, I think I even brought it up in um, another episode of Lucha World, but it was Black Shadow versus somebody really good, I can't remember who it was. And they were talking about like it was a huge disappointment, yeah. Like, they just like it was a terrible match. I'm like. Whoa, you would never hear that in an aftermath. Well, it's like the EMLL, UWA, the first show they did where there was Colt promoted. Mm-hmm. They were they just totally like bashed it. They were like, it sucked. <laughs> like, they were like, there was... And then yeah. there was, there's another magazine that says like, well, it wasn't as expected, but they weren't as negative. But it's like people... There was other magazines like, it sucked. It was awful. And then like there's wrestlers where they'll, they'll talk about a wrestler and they'll be like, like, so-and-so, he's, he's in Mexico. He's trying... But he's not that good. <laughs> like, like, yeah. like, they had like they did this list of the foreigners one year, mm-hmm. and I think this was in the '60s, and it was like ten different foreigners, and they said not a single one of them impressed. Wow. <laughs> like, they were just like, wow. like not single one impressed. Well, and the closest thing, the closest thing we had to that in this country, anyways, was Ring Wrestling Magazine in the '70s. Yeah, and similar, they would they did kayfabe, but they would you know. They would be rather blunt about some things, and then there are other things where you could read between the lines if you were a smart fan. Yeah, you know, and you know, and that was the closest you got to Lucha Max. I remember I used to think, since Japan wrestling was so stellar and just so great that, you know, and I'd see their magazines with all these great photos in them and stuff like that, and then being in Japan and uh, finding out that. <laughs> That a lot of times, sometimes they'd even write the results in the magazines uh, without watching the matches. <laughs> sometimes assuming what the finishes would be or asking what the finishes would be. Yeah. Uh, what was the other one? Oh, oh, and the ultimate was when it was with uh, Melser in Mexico uh, in Tijuana when Onita was there in 1990 and Jimmy Suzuki was taking pictures. And at the end of the night, Dave says, Hey, Jimmy, I have all the results. And he goes, Oh no, not necessary. I make up. <laughs> <laughs> well, they honestly just want to know what Oni- how Onita did in, in in Mexico, so it's not. Yeah. They didn't really care yeah. about the results. Exactly. Because I think that's that's the, and I've had fans tell me that like, why do you write all these results? Nobody cares, and it's like. <laughs> but that's that's. <laughs> there are some fans that, silly, that like but, it. I think I think there's a mix. I mean, there's some people like that stuff. There's some people who don't like that stuff. You just gotta yeah. kind of favor. See, like, one of the things I like about seeing results is you. That tells the story of yeah, the territory. It you tells you. It tells, tells you who's a good hand in the yeah, ring, who yeah. is on top. You know, if you went over results, you could probably surmise who might have been the territory's policeman. Yeah. fun stuff like that. I like I like reading. Yeah, story. and then I like reading that stuff just because, like, especially with Lucha, like in the early '80s. Like you start noticing, like EMLL was very like old school. Even back then, like they, um, like UWA had like the guys I grew up thinking were stars were in UWA really. And then mm-hmm. in, in, in EMLL is basically Tony Salazar. Um, yes. Guys more like their um, Alfonso Dantes. Guys who were like kind of more you know 
that looked more traditional, like more they weren't like the guys who were like, oh, this this is Herodes. Yes, uh, but they're really good. I mean, don't get me wrong, but when you first read it, you're not really thinking about them as the the level of the guys that were in UWA. Like you weren't thinking of them at the level of Kanek, uh, Viano Tercero, Paraguayo, because those guys were like larger than life. Whereas yeah, Tony Salazar time. and those guys might have been good, but they weren't at that level of like star power. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But I mean, it's cool to see that, and then now you kind of changes your perspective on a lot of those guys because i think like even like somebody like tony salazar he would never be in a hall of fame but um he still was really good i mean he was, he was a- great well i i the first time uh, other than seeing him in the lucha mag seeing uh alfonso dantes was at yeah. the 1977 uh battle royal show in la he wrestled george wells that guy was really good too alfonso yeah. Dantes. yeah he oh and you know george wells was as good as an opponent and this was 77 so he was even greener. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dantes made that match great. Uh, next to the Dory Funk and Chavo match, that was the best match of the Chavo night. was really good too. Oh, and the Dory match, man, you want to scream, uh, knowing, not you know, knowing that that match <laughs> it was recorded. There's so much stuff like as you go through it, especially, and it's even worse with Lucha Libre because mm-hmm. as I go through Lucha magazines, you have like matches and you're like man like Nero Casas versus Forza Guerrera the oh, first God. match could you imagine that being available would have been so awesome and then you just keep going through and it's like okay this this is kind of depressing me the whole UWA <laughs> the whole UWA stuff yeah. like you look at like it'll have like an Atomicos with uh, Misioneros teaming up with like Kanek or Bad Buffalo Allen against like Paraguay or Paraguay teaming up with like the the, the Misioneros versus like like Gran Hamada Solitario um, oh my god like, like we two said, other really good like Wagner and somebody else yeah dream like, shows like not even like yeah. one match out of those shows do you get now you know we know that the the Santo retirement match the other one taken. that gives me is Black Shadow versus Carvernar Galindo I've been seeing a lot of that stuff because I've been follow, reading going through yes the yes I've been seeing that too like, yes damn it. man can you imagine yeah. I mean if I could go back in time I'd love to see one of the bloodbaths uh of Carbonara and Gory? Yes. Yes. Yes, that's what I'd love to see. Now... But there's very few people that are into, like, that stuff. Because there's, like, I know. Like I'm the a, old, I know old I'm stuff. Like, there's, like, only a handful of people, and it's, like, it, it's unfortunate because you kind of wish, man, if more people were into that, you could focus on that stuff. And it's, like, but I, and there we, isn't. And the funny, the funny thing is, you know... Because, honestly, like, if you look at the classic, like, even, like, 605 Super Podcast, which is kind of like a podcast for, like, the fans who are, like, mm-hmm. older wrestling, they don't really focus on a lot of the really, really old stuff. Like they might like for a little bit, but it's oh, there's always like that return to like WCW, WWF, ECW, you know the the stuff yeah, in the eighties and the seventies. So it's like it's it's not it's not as it's not as focused on some of the older stuff. Like yeah, we're man, and I'm sure Brian would want to do man, all that. Man, if stuff. I could get a hold of any Mexico tapes in the sixties and seventies, yeah, I'd be a kid in a candy store. Yeah, I yeah. would I would have diabetes by the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> but you know and and. What I'm curious about, when Dave and I went to Japan, you know, video stores rented out, you know, wrestling tapes. Yeah. Lots of them. Not just... And they had a bunch from Mexico. And we watched them, and I, I we meant to... Because we were copying them at Wally Gucci's place. Hmm. And I don't know what happened. We Somehow we didn't... Dave has them in his, in his garage. <laughs> <laughs> and Michael Aino has them now. Yeah. <laughs> but no, um Well Dave you never saw that video where he he they he showed like where he his house and everything. 
Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, like the storage area, and he had like all these tapes. Oh, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, and I remember, I remember he had tons of tapes yeah. back in the day. No, but we we rented out some UWA tapes, mm-hmm. and I was sitting there saying, "Wait, I didn't know they taped all these shows." But there was stuff out. There's stuff out there, and I'm assuming because I mean the Santo retirement uh, match. Yeah, I made it. Made it. And I, I think there's still some stuff. There has out there. to be some stuff available. Yeah. They're just not releasing it. And I mean, every now and then you see some of those kinescopes of uh, CMLL from the '60s. Yeah. So you assume there's more there. They're just maybe someday there will be all that stuff available. I hope so. Available. I hope so. Yeah, I'm such a nerd. Like, yeah. I'm, such, I'm such a history nerd. I'd, yeah. I'd love to see all that old stuff. Yeah, I, I, I kind of prefer watching that stuff than like, or just reading up on that stuff than some of the. I was watching. Um, there's this guy who has this YouTube channel. He's it's a really good YouTube channel in Spanish. It's called Misticiero TV, mm-hmm. and he did this like little feature on uh, on on uh, Felix Kid Celestino. I don't know if you ever heard of no, him. No, that's Kid Celestino. Mm-hmm. He is a luchador that wrestled without hands. No way. Yeah, and he told the story of him, and I thought that was a wow. really good video. And basically what happened was he was a guy who worked at on the railroad, mm-hmm. but he was also into sports, so he did boxing. He actually had a pretty, not, well, pretty successful amateur boxing career. Mm-hmm. Didn't really do as much, and then he got into wrestling, and he started wrestling. This was like in the early, in the 40s and 50s. Mm-hmm. And um, in 1945, he was in an accident where, um, I guess, the, the train he was working, the railroad he, he was working on, he, I guess his hands, somehow he got stuck or something, and he lost, they had to amputate both of his mm-hmm. hands. So what happened was um, the the railroad union got him a job um, selling um, newspapers and magazines, you know, a newsstand. Mm-hmm. He did that in Monterey. This was in Monterey. And he did that for about, and he actually did that the remainder of his life. I think he, he just kept wow. doing it. But... Um, one day, one of his friends showed up, and because uh, he was still pretty young, I think he was born in like 19, 1911 or nineteen eighteen, mm-hmm. something like that. So it was like nineteen fifty, and his friend goes over, and he's like, five years later, so nineteen fifty, he goes over, and he's like, he sees him, he's like, hey, you want to go to a lucha show? And he invited him to go to a lucha show, and um, he got the wrestling bug again, but he was missing hands, but he still got back into wow. wrestling, and apparently, like when he first started wrestling. Um, they were going, he was an attraction in the northern part of Mexico. Mm-hmm. Monterrey, um, Torreon, Juarez, all those parts of Mexico, he was a, an attraction. Because they wanted to go see the wrestler with no hands. So what ended up happening is like, as they saw him, he didn't have hands, but they realized is that he also was a really good worker. So wow. he was apparently really good. And he became like a like a bit of a, a star in, in that area. Well, I love stories like that. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, <laughs> but see, like that's the thing. Like I like that sort of story. I like I like stories. That's why I like doing all those podcasts about like, like even like the when I do the obit stuff. I prefer doing that stuff than actually like, just watching current wrestling because it's like, how much can you possibly like well, watch? And also, it's great you do that because nobody well, else does it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And those are fascinating stories, and I think there are people yeah. who appreciate it. You know, but there's not a lot of people who are going to go through the hassle you go through for writing them. Yeah. It's probably fun writing them. Yeah, too. yeah, they, it, it is actually fun because it's like you, you just like, oh, I forgot about this and you remember it or I didn't know about this. Like Especially when it's somebody like um, uh, Alberto Munoz when he passed away. That was a great obit, by the yeah, way. Yeah, that was more because I didn't actually know a lot about him other Neither than he was, he was a star in the 60s. I knew that, but I didn't know about all the other stuff. So it was like, or even like, I didn't know everything specific about him. So I, it's it's always fun to find all that information and look through it, and it's 
Well, when I did that story on Charo Aguayo a few years yeah. ago, I I had the time of my life doing yeah. just doing all the research for that. Yeah. I mean, I just dig that stuff. And that's what I like prefer like doing like it's like you know running down a show about lucha. It's like eh. yeah, you know, I, I I could do that too, but it's yeah, like yeah, like I've watched a lot of wrestling. Yeah. And I think and I think a lot of people, you know, my age or age are like this. I think you watch so much wrestling, you know. I still enjoy watching it, but not. I don't have the same passion I used to. Now my passion is more just kind of studying the roots of the business, yeah. and you know, and that's so cool when you brought the guy Felix. What was his last name? Felix Celestino. It's, it's kind of like uh, something like Greg Oliver or Steve Johnson would write. Yeah, you know, I mean, did you see um, <laughs> Slam did the? I didn't read it, but Roy Lucier and the Cubs fan told me about like they kind of just bring it up. Uh-huh. I don't know how bad it was. But apparently the the La Parca obit they did was really bad. Oh no! Yeah, oh. I don't know how bad it was. I think you know, we have to ask, we'll have to ask Roy about it. Usually, usually their pieces are uh, all, what Oliver or Johnson does are really good. Uh, the one time I cringed is when they did Budokan's autobiography. I'm autobiography is obituary. obituary. Uh, some of the stuff was true, but it was all a lot of a lot of the stuff was stuff that Budokan made up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he made up a lot of stuff. Yeah, I yeah. love the guy, but he made up a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of stuff like, like, even like if you get it directly from the wrestler, you have to know that it's kind of a little bit of a bullshit story. So especially old school, because yeah, they cause, were taught. Because I get that. Because I do. I one of the things I do when 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 there's somebody I'm gonna write a bio or no bit, I look up. I check if there's interviews. Mm-hmm. And like some guys, like if Nero Casas is somebody I write about, odds are he's going to be about as honest as possible mm-hmm. about his career. He might not remember dates. That's the one thing. And it's not just him. Every wrestler does not remember the dates of, of anything for the most part. Yeah. So, but if they, if you want to know about like certain stories, like anecdotes about, about their career, you listen to interviews. But if they start talking about like all this weird crap about like oh yeah I did so and I beat so and so or this is why I left the promotion and they're kind of you you could tell right away that it's all and um, and it's anywhere from uh, an enhancement talent to Hulk Hogan claiming that he was partying with partying with John Belushi the night before he died too <laughs> even though he died three years three ago. Years <laughs> yeah. Belushi the El Zombie Belushi yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like. It, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of like the. I just like going through it, and it's not. I even like even current wrestlers. Like I like just remembering certain things about them because it's like once you know you have to write a bio or something. It's it's something like handy to have. Like oh hell yeah, to know like yeah. okay this guy this guy like how he got his his job in AAA or CMLL or you know his spot not necessarily his job but like you know or how he got booked in in some promotion. That's something that's that most people don't know or like they're their childhood in the business yeah like, yeah how they got to wrestling how they became fans i think that's what's mo- like even when i interview guys like i usually like to know like like what they grew up watching or you know stuff like that oh i love that's that's half uh what i like about it is hearing what their fascination yeah. was what got them into the biz and which guys stumbled onto the biz and which seeped it out you know it's so have you been watching like certain triple a shows like matches not a one yeah and I kind of... They I, make it easier for you to watch the, the matches, too, now. Like, their YouTube channel, it's so much easier to watch. Really? Well, oh, I mean, cool. You should be the one checking. I, I don't have check to check it out. I just watch it live. I do kick myself, because... I have a Twitch account. The couple, <laughs> <laughs> the, the it comes with my Amazon Prime membership. I get a free Twitch account, and I pick AAA every month. 
Unless I forget. <laughs> Which, Maybe I'll have to look into that because I have an Amazon Prime account. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I should kick myself because... They're way better than CMLL right now. Yeah, well... Uh, is Ijo Del Vikingo with them? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, no, no, but I'm. I can't believe. But no, he's no. This is this is a, a wrestling ex- <laughs> insider and expert. No, the reason I'm asking is because I know he's making a lot of uh, appearances here in the states. He hasn't made any appearances in the states. I thought he had. Ijo Del Vikingo? No. He doesn't have his visa yet. Oh, okay. I thought he did one recently. No. Oh, okay. He's, Kurt is not even. I'm Kurt, a victim. Kurt has not even seen Ijo Vikingo. I'm a victim of sobriety. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, he's probably going to be making an appearance this year. I think he's probably going to start this year. Okay, but um, no, I kick myself because he's there. You know, mm, there's Loretto Kid, Taurus, I mean, Lucha Brothers. There's some really. I mean, there's Aramis. You have you even watched Aramis yet? Oh, I have seen yes, Aramis. He's awesome. I've seen him. Ares, Ares is good. The women, Lady Maravilla is really good. Um, she teams up with Viano Tercero Jr., who's the good Viano Tercero Jr. <laughs> um, th- you didn't watch Big Mommy versus Lady Maravilla? No, I did not. God, dude, you got to watch that. You know I don't. That's a hair match. Yeah, I have to watch it because I, I, I got to get over my uh, anger at the... I don't get why you can't watch AAA when AAA is way... Like, like even, like, I understand, like, certain time periods where you can't watch no, it, but I'm still it's angry like... over the 2015 pay-per-view. Yeah, it's that, I get it. Yeah. But, like, Big Mommy, Lady Marvia was a really good um, hair match. And then it has a really good finish at the end. Have you even watched The Big Strippers? You know I haven't. <laughs> oh my god! How did you know watch to watch the big strippers? Strippers, big Chico Ched, big Mike, and big Obed. <laughs> Bunch the of only, fat guys. In fact, the only AAA I, I have. They're not even AAA. They're IWRG. That oh, really? shows you how little you've been I watching. Do. Yeah, I haven't followed it. I'll be the first to. How dare you? <laughs> no, the the only the only. Uh... You haven't watched big strippers. We are our friendship is over. Oh dear! Oh my God! Okay, which one of us is Cornette and which is Meltzer? Obviously, sure. You would be Cornette because you you know <laughs> Mr. Iguana. I think you probably like Mr. Iguana. I just like the name alone. I, I like him already. I like I like his work. Mm-hmm. I just I'm just not a comedy guy. Like that the, the level of comedy he does. It's yeah. a little too much for me. Say, says the guy who's telling you to watch the big strippers. <laughs> Honestly, what it is... No, I'll be the first to admit, I am totally out of touch with what's going on in AAA, IWRG. The only thing I know anything about is CMLL. That's the only wrestling I watch, period, these days. It's, like, to me, like, with me, well, with me, when it it comes to comedy, I can watch, I'll I'll be amused by it, but if it's, like, if I watch it, like, for third, fourth, fifth time, it just, it's dead for me. You know what I mean? Like, it's, like, it's, like, okay, it's run its course. You know what? One of the things that when I think back to things like Titanis and Old Ring and all that stuff, you know, there there's a lot of comedy workers now. Yeah, you know, one, Orange Cassidy, who would have been a great fit for yeah. old school Titanis. Mr. Iguana would have fit there. Yeah, fit and, there and I think one of the reasons you could watch them week after week was those matches were just like five minutes. Yeah. You can do comedy for five minutes and keep it fresh. But if you're going to have matches that go 15 minutes, well, you, know, you got to do a little more than just the comedy. You know what helps, like with um, with, with Mr. Iguana, at least in AAA, is that if he's in a trios match, you obviously know he's not going to be in the match the entire time, so it's not. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that the one, that's one the one of the advantages. Now, I, 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 he's good though. I do think he's good. He's got talent. I just it's like the 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 the, the lizard. It 
it's hard for me like the, he carries a plush doll a lizard plush doll this is the perfect and he time. throws it up which is it's he fr- uses it perfect. and then Parca Negra came out or actually think I think it was Parquita Negra that came out with a little um, this ugly looking monster that he carries to the ring also. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, so it's like... It's, oh, my God, you're giving yeah. me reasons to watch... Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, I, I have to get over my anger. Yeah, but you should... That was should, the worst pay-per-view I ever saw. On AAA, their YouTube channel, if they have Big Mommy versus Lady Maravilla, watch that match. It's good. And then watch the post-match um, angle afterwards. The whole feud, that whole feud was really good. Okay, cool, That's, cool. I would say, if you pick the two best feuds from 2019... It's the Microman Chamuel uh, feud, mm-hmm. and that was probably the the best in CMLL, just because there was some continuity to it, and it kind of like, right. at least they were building it up to something. But the best feud overall in Mexico was probably Big Mommy versus Lady Marvia. The okay. way the way it was wow. booked. Whoa. Well, we all know how it is when I promise I'll watch something, yeah. so I'm not going to promise. Did you watch the Kenny Omega matches in Triple? Yes, I did. Both of them versus yes, Phoenix and Dragon Lee. And I loved them. Yeah. They were good. Yeah, they were very good. I think that's the thing. Like, I don't get how anybody, like, I think unless you don't like the style of wrestling, I could understand that. Yeah, but that, wow. <laughs> but no, but that that would explain it. Like, if you don't yeah. like the style of wrestling, okay, then you don't like, like, high-flying or high-impact type of wrestling. Maybe you just like, you know, slow-plotting wrestling, which there might be where, some people like. I was going to say, where's their where's slow-plotting wrestling? WWF? WWE. Now, I haven't watched any WWE yeah. in eons, but, it's, but from what I what people say, it sounds like. While they might not dig, like, the overall product, that there's some amazing workers Because, you know, there's so. a lot of fans who don't like the... Multi- like, And we've even said there's a lot of matches where there's, like, multiple um, count pinfalls. Yes. That I think that kind of gets over the top sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Or, like, the Canadian Destroyers being done, like, nonstop. That kind of gets a little carried true, away. True, true. So, I but it's like, that. But it's like, I don't know how you cannot like... Can you, like those matches like and to say they're not good work yeah. there's one thing to say it's not my cup of tea but to say he's not a good worker is just ludicrous did you, did you watch that match that he and um, I can't remember who he teamed up with I can't remember who he teamed up with where they wrestled the Young Bucks remember oh with Coach Kota Ibushi him and Kota Ibushi versus right. the Young Bucks I think it was here in um, Long Beach wasn't it no I didn't see that and it went really long mm-hmm. and I think the only thing I did it was really good too the only thing is like I think it just kept going on and on and they were trying to like build the story of like they didn't want to like end, like totally like just beat each other down like because they were remember they were like a faction or t- yeah together. I, I don't know. I thought that was still a good match. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's things. One thing, I don't like matches that go long, long, long. But you know, who's not, the one? I'm wrestler, not gonna have a fit. Who, who's the one wrestler you totally will not watch right now? Is there anybody you will? Tiamat <laughs> and you still I'm, watched him. I watch him because I have to. because yes. he's in that trios match, and you're like, well, yeah. And okay. all the other five wrestlers, yeah. I have no problem with. Well, I enjoy no, watching. wasn't Gilbert in that match too? So it was two that you had. No, that was in the previous one. Oh, with okay. the oh, Chavez okay. brothers. Oh, okay. Well, you like the Chavez brothers? I love the Chavez yeah. brothers. And yeah. if anybody told me that I would like on Hill Day, I know, really, yeah. Man, losing his mask was the best thing that could have ever happened to that guy, and then. Team up with his brother, man. That now that feels old school. And then like, they get just, booed a lot too because they're you know the pretty boy. I was gonna say they got a lot of heel heat. They should just turn them, turn them. I mean, well, it'd be great heels. I, I made a co- I think it was like I don't know if it was I don't can't remember if it said in a podcast, but I, I had said they should just turn them into the Ingobernables and just keep the name like bring back Ingobernables. That's a good idea. Yeah, like. I like that. Who cares? Idea. What are they gonna? What's Rush gonna do? Sue them? <laughs> well, can't. the first thing I thought of when I, when I was watching last Friday night show. Every time they sold to the crowd and got booed, they reminded me of when Rush was a Technico. Yeah, yeah. and he was getting like, he was like, like remember he would smile oh, at them? Oh, that like, was brilliant. 
Roosh is finally getting his like at least his groove back as far as being an asshole, but it's helping that he's with LA Park. You've heard the new Incobernables in AAA? No, I haven't. It's Roosh, Bestia del Ring, of course, mm-hmm. and LA Park. Wow. And LA Park is awesome as he's, he's And Bestia del Ring would yeah. be bearable with Roosh with those and two. LA Park. And he's still awful. <laughs> yeah. They, they they wrestled a match where it was them three versus um, the Lucha Brothers and I think the Psycho mm-hmm. Clown. And unfor- you remember Phoenix when he was in CMLL, he always ended up getting best of the ring. Yes. <laughs> well, it happened in Triple A oh. also. So so he does a tope. He says, "I'm cursed. Yeah. I'm cursed." He does a tope to the outside, and what does best of the ring do? Moves to the side. Oh. <laughs> so, but it was and, a good and match. And it's a lot though. different than how Ric Flair used to take his backdrops on yeah. his side. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't work the same for Bestia yeah, Del yeah, so It doesn't have like, the same effect. Yeah, because he's like he's not really protecting Phoenix. He's, he's pretty not, much totally, like, let me just totally. move, let me protect myself. I don't want to get hurt. But um, I mean, the best part was they do an interview with LA Park and with all three of them, and Conan shows up also because Conan is also part of the faction now. Oh apparently. wow! Apparently, you know, these guys get thrown in there. So then, <laughs> LA Park is talking about how him and Rush are, are are a faction and everything, mm-hmm. and then he looks at he looks at Bestia Ring and is like. You're with us too. <laughs> like, like he just doesn't care about us. Yeah, you're with us too. What the hell? Yeah, but oh wow. There's a lot going on, and like it started to pick up. There was about four or five weeks where there was nothing going on in Lucha, and now there's now there's something to talk something, about. Something again. to talk about. Well, not much though, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the nice thing about having taken such a long break that I have is I is when I watch it now, it's like. It's something new for you, fresh. Yeah, it's kind of fresh again. You know, it's... you don't have the you don't you're not the you're not the podcaster that's um, jaded <laughs> like the rest of us. Yeah, I'm just yeah, I'm just kind of fun doing yeah. it. I, I'd get jaded probably if I watched every single thing. But you know, and I think we brought this up on past episodes is when we grew up watching wrestling. Men, you watch it once or twice. A week. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't watch every single well, thing that's been taped. It. it, it you're gonna get jaded yeah. after a while. You're gonna your expectations are gonna be probably too high. At times. See, to me, like if you're doing a podcast and if you're not getting paid doing it, mm-hmm. and you're still doing that, watching every show, you're insane. Insane, totally. <laughs> yeah. totally. If you're getting paid, yeah, and unless you're maybe independently wealthy and just yeah, and, and then you whatever. just really love yeah. wrestling and you have to watch it all the time. Yeah, but if you're getting paid and you have to watch like WWE, AEW, and NWA Power or whatever. Like, let's say you have to watch four of the promotions. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for you. Because, I yeah, mean... I agree. You're getting I a agree. lot of stuff. Like, I don't feel bad for you because you're making money, but it's like, you could probably figure out a way to, like... I would probably, like, be like, can I just watch CMLL? <laughs> That's it. Or, yeah, or AAA. You know, can well, I just watch AAA? Well, it's like I say, you know, CMLL has always been my favorite yeah. promotion. Even, even during their bad times, uh, you know. And sometimes I just sit there saying, why do they do what they yeah. do? But, you know, it, I, I still dig it. Because, look, at AAA, you just have to watch it once a month. <laughs> like, <laughs> or twice a month. Worst case scenario, maybe three times a month. That's not bad. CML, yes, it's every week. But, I mean, honestly, you don't have to watch the Monday or Tuesday shows. You could just watch specific matches off of that, and then you watch the Friday show. Right. So. Yeah, uh, uh, before I forget, remember how I was talking about how when I started, you know, hanging around some of the veterans in, you know, the early 80s who complained about the business being killed and stuff yeah. like that. One of the ones, and he was a nice guy, a, 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 a you know, really neat guy, was John Tolis. Uh, and I think most people 
know that in 1971, Tolis had the highlight of his career when he had the feud with Freddie Blassie when they drew 26,000 people to the Coliseum. Now, that this this was Blassie's high point, too. The ironic thing was Blassie was way past his prime. He had a number of health problems, and uh, yet he was still huge as ever as far as, as you know drawing yeah. fans and just being an icon here in LA and uh, poor John Tolis was uh, riding home one night with the doc oh, Harry no. Graham <laughs> and I guess uh, and a lot of people said this too Tolis would just bemoan the state of the business yeah. today and how you know, when was like in 80, 81? This was like 81, 82. Think about that. And we still didn't get to the muscle era. Like that was barely the beginning of the exactly, muscle era. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Mean, very I mean, good point. Like maybe like a year later was like all the road yes. warriors, all those guys started popping up. Yeah. The the number of steroided guys who would come yeah. around were one in a million. Yeah. A lot of times they wouldn't even get yeah. pushers. Because I think from like 83 to 87, it was fucking insane. Like, exactly. <laughs> like, that, like that's were like, when they started putting stuff yeah. in the candy jars. Yeah. It's everywhere. like, holy crap. Ultimate war. Dingo warrior. Yeah, ultimate everywhere. Warrior. So yeah. so Tolis is bemoaning the business end. Uh, uh, Doc, I guess, finally, and apparently Doc wasn't even drinking, but apparently uh, he had had enough and says, Oh, for crying out loud, you put over a guy with bad eyes, one kidney, and no knees, and you're bemoaning the state of the business today? <laughs> <laughs> and to Tolis' credit, he was still nice to the Doc after that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so Kurt I guess we should end the show but will you watch Big Mommy versus Lady Maravilla's hair match I plead the fifth you should watch not it not plead the fifth but I, I, I'm not going to promise but I'm going to try next time we do a podcast together we'll see In if I have watched August 2021 <laughs> 2021 yes <laughs> August 2021 what you, if you don't mind before we go I would like to say uh uh uh, my father, Robert James Sidford Brown, uh, passed away this past November, 95 years old. That cat had an amazing life, and I already knew that, but as I'm going through all his old papers and photos, he he kept stuff. Uh, I mean, he held on to stuff. A bit of a rat pack. He still, kept, he still had a lot of his stuff in storage? Not even storage. At his house. At his house. Oh, he still house. had his house. Uh, not as how he, he was in a retirement home. Yeah. Oh, he, at the retirement home. Oh, he kept everything he he could still hold on to. He, wow. I'm finding old patents of him that I didn't know he had. He's a nuclear physicist, yeah. so he had patents. I came across uh, anything of value that you could actually put put out there. <laughs> patents. Not money. But yeah, I don't think so. I, I, I he, he, didn't, he didn't invent like the internet back in nineteen. 19- <laughs> 1960 or whatever. Actually, I'd love to know what these patents were because yeah. he had a lot of them. Yeah. I, I, I knew he had a few. I didn't know he had as many as he had. You could sue someone if you had the patent. It <laughs> yeah, could be. True. It could, it could actually match something, and you could show, hey, uh, we have the. You have the patent, and you could sue him. And this then is true. This that's is how true. you. That's how you. Um, you you could invest in your wrestling promotion. <laughs> Old Street Wrestling. Old Street here wrestling. we go, yeah. baby. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it, he's one of the last surviving. Uh, uh, people who was on the Manhattan Project when he was a college student during World War II. Wow. He was, uh, well, he wasn't drafted. He signed up 
but they sent him to Los Alamos. Uh, the most, uh, one of the most impressive things about him was he was a foreign language nut, and while I think the only language he spoke near fluently was Italian, uh, he he was just a language nut. He loved studying different languages. He studied languages everything from Dutch, German, uh, Russian. Uh, he knew some Spanish. He could do a simple conversation in Spanish. He wasn't a huge wrestling fan, but he loved watching Wednesday Night Wrestling from the Olympic because he was a Miguel Alonso fan, the yeah. commentator. Uh, he loved listening to Miguel Alonso. And he also took me to my very first wrestling match at the Olympic Auditorium, May 4th, 1973. His last wrestling match. <laughs> I thought he I thought he he went to his first and last show. <laughs> no, his favorite part no, his favorite part of that show was an elderly Mexican lady screaming in Spanish break his fucking leg. That was his favorite part. I mean he enjoyed the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, For him to continue to go, he must have enjoyed oh, it. Oh yeah. Well and he looked like a scientist too, very thin, bald head with a beard and yeah. spectacles. When we were in Mexico City he didn't want me to think every place was the Marriott Hotel where we were staying, where he's on a you know uh, a business meeting. Yeah. So he he t- took me some back alley carnival out in the middle of nowhere, which shows he had balls because he wasn't a tough guy. And that's where you were kidnapped. <laughs> no. And that was the fun no, part. No, of the yes, story. That's, and that's where the adventure began. <laughs> the kidnapper's name was Lorena. She was tall, buxom. <laughs> she slapped me all this, over. This the was place. something you could do back in the day. Now in Mexico, you probably wouldn't do that. No, he couldn't. No, no, no. I, it, that wouldn't fly. That yeah. wouldn't fly. No, but he took me to the carnival where he won me the Blue Demon statue at the. Uh, oh, booth. cool. A statue which I still have to this day. Yeah. Worth a nickel to everybody else. Worth. It, is it that it's that one that's like that, right? Like it's, or is it different? It's it's, it's just the bust. No, it's it's the whole body. Oh, okay. the The choice was El Santo and Blue Demon, but uh, since I went to school uh, with kids who were straight from Mexico, they always drove into me that Raymond Dosen Blue Demon was where it's at. Yeah, because it was there. They, they, I think Blue Demon was came in a little later than uh, Santo, didn't he? He did. He yeah. did. But but like kids straight from Mexico. Yeah. Learn from their parents. Because Blue Demon, Blue Demon yeah. is the guy. Santo yeah. is the one most people like. Yeah. Blue, Blue Demon is the wrestler. Yeah. So I wanted that statue badly. I wanted it to be cool. Yeah. I wasn't very cool, but I do love that statue. <laughs> and uh, I did love my papa and just want to say what an awesome life he had. And uh, uh, one of the truest Renaissance men I've ever met. So until next time, ladies and gentlemen. Hope all is well. 2021. We shall I will see. be back soon. Kurt will be back <laughs> in 2021. So. We shall see. We shall see. I, 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 I do think I have to be on the next podcast just to see whether... Uh, you watched Lady Maravilla and Big Mommy? And Big Mommy. <laughs> just the fact she's called Big Mommy makes me want to see her. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm already excited. And I just can't hide it. <laughs> I'm about to lose control and I think I like it. So until next time, may the left hemisphere of the brain short circuit the right hemisphere, may the right hemisphere short circuit the left hemisphere, and bing!